What's up, guys? Welcome to In the Office with Scott and Wes. Uh, we're back. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, it's cold outside now. It's very cold. It got and cold real quick. It did. It, it really, like... Out of nowhere. In a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday, we, we did something for, for Halloween, and we were outside. And it's, I, think it's, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it hasn't been cold sure. uh, for a very, very long time. And and so I don't think my body was ready for it. Yeah. But that like it hit pretty crisp. In the wind. In the too. wind. The wind was the wind. This yeah. morning walking out to come here was uh was rough. Yeah. It was rough. But a lot going on. Um a lot going on. Yeah, in the tech world. A lot in the world. tech world. A lot, a lot in, in the, the tech, tech world. world. It's electric. Yeah. yeah. Apple uh announced AirPods Pro. They're already out. You can buy them. Um $249 wow. as opposed to uh, the kind of 150, 165 uh, that you can get for kind of the, your standard AirPods. They have allegedly they have noise canceling capabilities yeah. and everything else. They look uh, very similar to the um, originals. The stem is a little bit smaller, but yeah, Apple getting into the, the uh, noise canceling world. Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm actually. You're more knowledgeable about this than I am. I'm. I'm excited to hear about this because I actually know nothing. Yeah. And and I'll be honest. Two hundred and fifty dollars for um, a Q-tip sounds like a lot. It is a lot. You know? It is a lot. And what's interesting is that you know they have you know Apple also owns Beats. Sure. And and so you know Beats has noise canceling kind of in-ear headphones. And so I don't know if I think they're used for two different things. Like the Beats ones are more for like athletics and stuff like that. And sure, these sure. Aren't. Um, but yeah, these things they have active noise canceling, which seems kind of difficult uh, because they're like the little things. They're not the over-the-ear deals like you have with Bose and all that. Um, the one thing that they do that I've it's always been my contention. It's why I like the original AirPods is they have the little things because it has to that go deep into your ear. Right. Uh, the little kind of rubber deal that goes yeah. in your ear and you can't hear anything around you. I don't like that. I don't. Because I can hear too many of my own thoughts type thing. <laughs> um, I don't like that. But they also have, what's interesting about them is they have sort of this, this kind of force touch thing uh, on the stem to where like if you want, if, if I'm listening to it in noise canceling mode and you're trying to talk to me, I can force touch it and then it'll turn on a microphone so that you're talking to me and I can hear you. It's pretty, pretty crazy. That is crazy. It's pretty crazy. And and I kind of knew, I mean, like I had I had sort of thought to be honest with you because of like what they are, because it's Apple, because of what they do. I more or less thought they would be closer to three fifty. Really? So when they came out at two forty nine. I was a little bit surprised, and it's still a lot. So you're basically paying an extra eighty ninety dollars from the original ones for, for noise canceling. Noise canceling, and that's about it. That's right? about it. And and I I think if you travel a lot. And you know, I've, I've watched some reviews of people saying that you still want it's not good enough noise canceling to where you could take it on an airplane yeah. and not hear anything, but at least it's better than what you have. Well, that was my thing. There's a lot of companies that make these headphones yeah. of all sorts that'll say they're noise canceling and yeah. and they're not, or they're or they're like just right. not great. They're not a quality right. So right. I was curious about Apple, especially yeah. putting their premium price tag on things. Yeah, like no, I mean, I've from the reviews I've watched, it seems to work for for that type of thing for an in ear small little earbud being noise canceling. I think it works exceptionally well. Obviously, it is never going to compete with kind of an over the ear Bose or, or Beats model or Sony, which makes really good over the ear uh, noise canceling headphones. But I think from like everything I've read, it, it's it's really good. It's water. It's water resistant. It's important to say resistant, not waterproof. It's water resistant, which apparently the normal AirPods are not. Which I thank yeah. God I just learned. Um, <laughs> but so you can kind of walk out, and if you work out with them or anything like that, and you sweat in them, they should be okay. So they've they've added some some features to them that I think maybe merit uh, that premium price. I'm sure at some point, like a lot of other things they do, they'll run some sales on it. Sure. The one thing that I didn't think about until uh recently is what happens when when your airpods or your airpods pros what happens when the battery starts to like wear down on it like everything else you can't you can't replace it no you can't replace it especially in the thing so i mean like what everything that i've read is like once that once that goes it's over and there's nothing you gotta get new ones there's nothing you can do unless it's the case the charging case and you can get a new one of those but that's still that's still yeah you might as well buy new ones might as well buy new ones but yeah it's crazy uh airpods 2 are out and and a 
I, as I said last time, um, that I was going to give, uh, I was going to give the one part of the ecosystem that I hadn't given a go to a go. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and that's Apple Music. They they offered me a free month, so I took advantage of that free month. Mm. And I used it for five minutes and got frustrated. It's like, I don't like it, and, and stopped. But then I decided that I was just stressed that night. Sure, And sure. decided to come back the next morning fresh and, and give it another <laughs> go. And um, this is my honest take on it. If you do not have... Uh, any allegiance to a streaming service. If you if you do not stream music, you're just getting into the streaming game, um, then I think it's a, it's a viable option. Okay. Um, because the way it's a pretty easy to navigate interface, it's not very complicated, it curates music very well, you get some access to some, some sort of premium radio stations, and, and it's got the same, you know, pretty much the same song catalog as Spotify and all that. So it's pretty good. And um, if you're already in like the Apple ecosystem, it's not an extra app you have to download or anything sure. like that, and you get access to it from all your all your stuff. These, but if you are a Spotify customer, and Spotify is your one-stop shop for all your audio needs, whether it's uh, songs, playlist, or podcast. Like I listen to podcasts on Spotify. Yeah. So the fact that that's not really in there is was a problem for me on apple music on apple music yeah. because you got to click out of that go to go to, to podcast the podcast, do the podcast. yeah so that's was like my number one biggest that uh, might be a seller for some people though for some, some people, people maybe but also like you know they offer a student rate 4.99 a month for your student but spotify does that too and, and they also you, bundled at, at one point they did hulu with that you too. get hulu and showtime yeah with it now so you get three things off of 4.99 with apple music you get apple music and that's it um, so I, I think for if you're a student, you'd be crazy not to get Spotify. Yeah, um, for sure. But from an apples to apples comparison of, of just curating music, making playlists, I think they're pretty even. But for me, uh, the reason why I'm not going to switch to Apple Music and I'm going to stick to Spotify is because Spotify, number one, I got my playlist there already. I like the interface. It's very easy to use. It works on everything I have. And also, I like listening to all of it in one spot i like listening to in the office on spotify you're a utility guy i'm you're a utility, utility guy, guy. you like it's, you it's like having there. a swiss army knife of i don't want to i don't want to double click out and then go to something else right. to listen to if i'm if i'm switching on the go like in my car trying to be yeah. safe when i'm not watching band of brothers while i drive <laughs> um gosh. yeah i mean it's bad but it's what i do <laughs> i'm trying to be safe in some ways because i know i'm cutting corners in others right okay yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, good, good it all evens out <laughs> yeah. i don't switch apps to do podcasts but <laughs> I 100% watch full-length movies while I drive yeah. to Auburn every weekend. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, it's well, great. Scott, we uh, we have a guest. We do have a guest. And, and I like, I want to point out uh, that this is a special guest. This is a very special We've had guest. some very unspecial guests in the past, but this is a special one. <laughs> Michael. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you have been listening, like we have told stories and talked about uh, uh, this this gentleman um, with his son, and then also when his son wasn't here, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, based on some stories that his son told. But we've wanted to get him in here for a while, and, and I just kind of want to give a, a brief introduction. Yeah. So joining us today on the podcast is, is Mr. Les Stuckey. Now, Les, um, he's one of those people that that if you meet him, you know instantly that you're fortunate for the for that time that, you, that you've had. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's he's a renaissance man, and, and mm. some of the some of the things like in in my experiences with him from being in high school and knowing his son and and all that other things from from him driving our buses and yeah. uh, and his story, I think and we'll get into it. But for all the all the things that like he's gone through in the past five or ten years, and to always kind of have the the positive outlook that he does yeah. is something that. Uh, is inspiring and that we've talked about and so to have him here today is uh is a blessing for all of us so we want to welcome yeah, uh, welcome Mr. To, the podcast. Stuck to the podcast welcome to the thank office thank you Silent thank you very no much and, uh, right, yeah <laughs> and thank you for the the kind words i appreciate it uh, i want you guys to know i really uh have enjoyed all of the podcast uh disappointed on this past monday because i looked and it wasn't there so uh, <laughs> uh gonna have to watch that but uh, i really uh, have enjoyed you guys and i've enjoyed your uh, uh the the all the commentary on everything so uh, thank you for having me yeah yeah well i mean i pre- well, let's, we want to jump right in because we want to spend 
uh, as much time um, as possible with you. And I, I sort of want to open up with, uh, can I just, I don't know. There's something, I mean, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you rocking that shirt. And I just want to know, <laughs> I want to know just about, about your life. Like kind of, we'll go, we'll go with your childhood first. Like some of your indelible memories from childhood. Because one thing, one thing that I know about you from knowing your son and knowing your daughter is, is the way they talk about you as their dad is uh is different than how most people talk about their yeah, dads. For sure. And the um the respect that they show you and the admiration they have for you. So it tells me number one, you did a bang up job being their father. <laughs> but I just kinda wanna know sort of about uh, you know, maybe maybe you're maybe your child and what what like you wanted to to bring <laughs> to uh to parenthood and, and why I want to know why they think that about you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, wasn't prepared for that kind of introduction, but uh, thank <laughs> you, and it's good to hear. Um, I come from a large family. I grew up in Bluff Park, just up the hill. Uh, five kids in the family. Uh, my, uh, my dad was not a big, uh, big part of our lives, or he was a big part of our lives, but he was an alcoholic. Uh, so it uh, had, uh, you know, we had issues dealing with that. Uh, my mom uh, was a uh, huge force in my life and in a lot of people's lives. And I really credit her for, you know, you mentioned positive attitude. Uh, I really credit her for a lot of my attitude because uh, it was, she's, you know, German, grew up in the Depression, uh, on a farm uh, her mom died when she was like 12 years old so she became the adult in the family and uh, you know it's just a matter of fact uh, this is reality deal with it and and that's kind of how I was raised uh, we were very active in the church um, I think I was telling Clay once that um, we were very active in the church because mom required it. <laughs> you know, with five kids in the family and her working part uh, full time, uh, it uh, was difficult. Uh, you know, you, you hear parents today talk about, um, you know, I'm not a parent, I'm a chauffeur because of all the activities that kids are involved with. Well, it was the same way back then, too. Uh, and uh, so her solution was, uh, okay, outside of school, extracurricular, you can do two things. You can pick two things, but one of them's church. And uh, so if the church was open, we were there. And yeah. uh, with five kids, um, uh, we, we joked that um, uh, the, the youth choir performed every Sunday at the early service. So we would joke that uh, they would delay the the service if we were ever late because we were over half of the choir right and uh <laughs> but that never happened because we were never late <laughs> but uh you know so grew up in the church and uh got a lot of good memories about that and there's you know uh significance in that and we'll we can yeah. talk about that later yeah no i i kind of grew up in the same situation where my parents we were at church every sunday and every wednesday no matter what like there's a scene from uh, shawshank redemption it's after Andy's escaped the prison, mm -hmm. and the guards are are calling out his name to see if he's there. And the guard says, Dufresne, you better be sick or dying." Yeah, and and that was kind of like you on Sunday. Morning. The only reason why I wasn't going to church if I was sick or dying, right? Or we were there, and that's just kind of how it was. I think that is a massive difference between kind of how it was then and kind of how it is now, especially like yeah. what we deal with with. Um, oh yeah, that's how it was at our house. Uh, you know, bleeding from uh, three orifices at least uh, yeah. was the only excuse. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, that that's pretty much how it was. Yeah, you know, but to to Michael and Dana, uh, you know, it's I, I look back on things and uh, how things happened and things that you think were uh, were bad. Uh, turned out to be blessings. Uh, I, I developed lupus when I was uh, 40 years old and had to quit work. And um, that was very traumatic. But looking back, I was working 80 hours a week. And I was yeah. entertaining three nights a week and two weekends a month and never saw the kids. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm Mr. Mom. And yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I'm going to all the field trips and I'm uh, there for parent meetings. I get to be the scout master, you know, for Boy yeah. Scouts. Yeah. And, you know, so it turned out to be a huge blessing in lots of ways. And uh, I was able to be there and uh, and be the kind of dad I wanted to be and, and really get to know them uh, in other ways other than just the disciplinarian, did you do your homework, brush your teeth, right. go to bed. So, um, yeah. And, and I think it's so cool when, uh, when I guess when Michael shares stories about us, just how you were, I mean, you were, you were coach, you were scout master. I mean, you were, you were also dad, but it, it was, you were all these things and, and played all these roles. And it was just like, it was cool how you were able to be there in every facet of their lives at yeah. the time and growing up. And I don't know that I feel like that's maybe unique for maybe a lot of parents these days. Yeah. So, uh, cause I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't exactly know what lupus is. I know, I know generally speaking, what I know about lupus is my favorite show in high school was house mm-hmm. and lupus is mentioned prominently in house. It's, sure. it's never lupus in house, but that's always like, I know it's an autoimmune disease. Explain sort of, um, sure. It's it uh, it's an autoimmune disease, which means your body attacks itself. Uh, so basically what's happening is your immune system is in overdrive and it can't stop. So uh, it presents in, you know, a dozen different ways and uh, you can line up 12 lupus patients and they'll all have different symptoms. Uh, so uh, it, it can be life-threatening. It's... Um, uh, shows up for me at least a lot like rheumatoid arthritis, yeah. uh, lots of pain and uh, fatigue, uh, severe fatigue where you just really can't walk up the steps. Yeah, uh, and uh, you just have to rest. But you know, I, I was again very lucky. Was able to I found it quickly. Uh, we began treatment. So the other implication is it getting into your organs and organs start shutting down and all those kind of things so it can be very very serious but um i manage it very well yeah so kind of going back to said all right you're diagnosed with lupus and you go from from working a job 80 hours a week to to almost being like stay-at-home mom i guess and what was that going from being someone who's who's working uh, constantly every single day and, and doing a job and, and all that and that kind of rapid sudden transition from doing that to, to going bit pretty much to a different life. Uh, what was that sort of uh, maybe emotionally uh, like at least in that beginning parts of that transition of going from I don't know, you know, being being the breadwinner, being the being the provider to kind yeah, of take yeah, another role. Uh, it was it was very traumatic. Uh, I, if you'd asked me the day before, uh, no, 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 my job does not define me. Uh, all those things, but I found that it very much did, and and what I did was a big part of my identity. And uh, so I, I struggled a lot with that. Uh, struggled a lot with that. Uh, what do I, I do? And particularly when I see friends from, you know, old friends. Well, hey, what are you doing now? Well, it's a long story. You know, right. and, and uh, you don't want to get into all the health problems. Nobody wants to hear about that. Uh, you know, so it, uh, it, it was awkward a lot of times. And I, I, I still struggle with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of... You, you go through that and um you know we go off to college and come back and then I, mean, I don't remember how many years ago it was that you, you went to the doctor and got some more kind of health news that i think i know it threw kind of all us into a into a tizzy when we started reading about it on facebook and michael calling me and telling yeah. me and just kind of walk us through sort of that and yeah uh it was uh 2010 uh, i was diagnosed with non-hodgkin's lymphoma uh, which is uh, considered a blood cancer. Uh, another lucky thing about having lupus there, I, I see the doctor on a regular basis, so uh, uh, we caught that very quickly, and, uh, and that, was, uh, that was a blessing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty scary. Uh, it was uh, lymphoma stage 4, uh, which means, you know, I had tumors from my neck 
to below the pelvis. Uh, so they were kind of everywhere. Uh, it was, uh, they uh, wanted to show me images, and I was one of these. Uh, I came out of the medical business, so I, you know, read all the charts, and I'm always looking over his shoulder when he's looking at stuff. <laughs> and, you know, here's your, here's your PET scan. I just said, nope, I don't want to see it. I, I don't want a visual image of what's going on in there. Uh, but um, this it this was uh, yes it was traumatic uh, but it was a a huge huge pivot point for me spiritually yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah I told you I grew up in the church uh, we uh, were very active. Uh, my my favorite uh, verse, uh, I guess Philippians, I guess four, I think. Uh, May the peace which passes all understanding keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, that's mainly my favorite because the pastor would say that at the end of every sermon. So that that meant my nap was over. I mean, that meant the <laughs> sermon was over. Uh, so. Um, but later it was uh, very comforting, kind of in a nostalgic way. You know, just words that I was comfortable with and I knew, and, and it was comforting. Um, the uh, Lutheran Church is what I grew up in, and it's very structured. Uh, education was a big thing. Uh, you know, uh, here at our church, the kids uh, have a retreat for before First Communion. Mm-hmm. Well, we had catechism class. We called it caddy-caddy class. Uh, catechism was every Monday for three years, and you went in depth to you know the Augsburg's Confession, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles, everything. And later in life, it was good because you know here's what we believe, and here's why we believe it, and here's the biblical source and uh, support for all that. So it was, you know, it's been good, but uh, you know at the time, you know, it's. Uh, uh, gosh, I got to go to caddy caddy class again for a couple hours, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, I say all that to tell you this: that I I was very comfortable with my salvation. I was very uh, confident that it came from God and God's grace and the the horrible crucifixion of Jesus. So I I, I knew that I was saved and and why. And you know, Jesus, God. One God, got it. That was I had no problem with that. But there's this Trinity thing, you know, this Holy yeah. Spirit thing. What's yeah. and that's something I have always struggled with, and really just didn't get it. Uh, you know, it's not that big a leap to go from uh, two uh, two people, one God, to add a yeah. third, but. You know, I, I just didn't get it. I understood it, but it was it was an intellectual understanding. Yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, you know, I never felt a presence. I never um, heard anything. I certainly didn't feel a disturbance in the force or anything like that. <laughs> and so I avoided it, and I, I wouldn't think about it. I, I even quit researching or reading about it because when I did, my mind would go all these crazy places that your mind takes you, you know, uh, Oh, that's just for good Christians, uh, or you're not doing it right, or you're, you're doing something wrong, you know. So I would avoid even thinking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, but again, I was very comfortable and confident with my salvation. So uh, fast forward to 2010, uh, we get a diagnosis of the cancer. It's uh, Tuesday. Uh, we're obviously very scared very anxious and everything starts moving very very fast uh we need you in here tomorrow to do this that and the other and you know scheduling this all these things you know meanwhile we need to tell dana and michael and ashley and they're all at auburn and i think it was midterms maybe but they everybody had big tests that week so that uh, had to be what it was bottom line is we didn't want to mess up their testing and we really didn't have any answers at that point, so we decided to wait till, you know, from Tuesday, wait till Thursday, till they could come home. 
and we would tell them then. So in the meantime, we we're just getting more and more scared because we're looking things up sure. and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. uh, Googling everything. Always a mistake. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I, I came from that background, so it's like I, I, I understood it all. And, uh, and um, so anyway, uh, as it turns out, they had late tests, and um, uh, they weren't going to be able to be home until late. And I had not be at the clinic very early the next morning, so I decided I'm going to go into bed wake me up when they get here and uh which they did and uh you know obviously they knew something was up because we kind of they each wanted to stay an extra couple of days at school and no you need to come home so uh anyway we start to tell them what's transpired and what's what that means and all of a sudden i've got this smile on my face <laughs> and i it was the weirdest thing. I felt light. I felt like I could float if I wanted to. And just this contentment and happiness came over me. And I, I knew without a doubt everything was going to be fine. This is not how I go. This is not going to be a problem. And I, I knew that I was healed at that point. And all the treatment, the radiation, the surgery, that was just a formality. I uh, I just knew it, and we ended up staying up really late and just talking and telling jokes and, you know, you guys know Michael and Dana, lots of irreverent cancer jokes. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just feeling the love, you know, all night long, and, and it, was, it was wonderful. And uh, the, the realization that I had is, it, you know, it – popped into my head that favorite verse I told you about uh, all of a sudden I understood what it means that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding it was that deep and that overwhelming of a peace that completely took me and I knew what it meant and uh, you know it's and that's changed so much it's changed the way I pray I used to you know God send me your spirit <laughs> you know be with me yeah. and and now it's I I know it's there and it's uh you know open my heart help me clear my mind so I can yeah. feel your presence uh so it's uh it's been it, it it was a significant event and and I handled the treatments very well and ultimately uh went into remission uh was in remission for almost three years uh came back as a different type more aggressive type of lymphoma when then ultimately had uh bone marrow uh, transplant which uh i don't recommend uh but uh and and back in remission again and and it really uh i don't think it's a remission i think it's gone it, uh we had a scan just a month ago and everything's gone so uh uh, in, awesome. in my mind, I'm healed. Uh, I'll uh, I'll take the the six month yeah, guarantee awesome. that he's given me until I go back for another scan. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, well, you know, I mean, number one, that's in, incredible. But how when you know when you're going through treatments, you're going through chemo, radiation, all those things, and and kind of all of the I don't know maybe side effects that come along with that. I mean, I'm sure that there are, and that's what I've, I've heard when I've talked to people that are dealing with cancer treatments, the ups and downs that come along with that, kind of the pain, physical pain, physical toll that it takes on you. How did you, through the, the first time and then when it came back, how did you keep, I'm not saying you didn't have bad days, but how did you keep kind of this overall feeling of, of knowing you were going to beat it? And, and knowing and, and having kind of this positive outlook because I've I was around you a lot of the times during that and talking to Michael and and you wouldn't have known that you were kind of going through those things how did you keep that yeah it was uh the treatments are as advertised uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah. is yeah. uh uh pretty brutal pretty barbaric uh, the way the treatment works they they kill everything in your body and they'll hope that, that it grows back non-cancerous uh you know I, I again i go back to my mother 
uh, and you know this is just the reality. You you have to deal with what you have. I remember going to visit her. She had some kind of surgery, and it was pretty serious surgery, and it was maybe two days after. She's supposed to be on bed rest, and uh, I couldn't find her in the house, and she's out back weeding the flower garden. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I felt like crap laying in bed, and I feel like crap weeding the garden, so I figured I'd just weed the garden. <laughs> and and that's kind of how I dealt with it, too, yeah. is, uh, you know, it, if you can only lay in bed so much, you know, might as well do something, get your mind off of it. And that's really how I dealt with a lot of the issues with lupus, is just kind of block it out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, my aunt, uh, my my spare mother, uh she would always, you know, so how are you doing? And uh, I said, I'm doing great. Well, now, are you really doing great, or are you just telling me that? Right. And I finally said, look, it's this is just the way I have to deal with it. I have to block it out of my mind. Otherwise, if I do dwell on it, then it is. I am miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but the truth is I, I, I did tolerate it all very, very well and and, and, and blessed. But, but back to your point, I— dealt with it because I knew all that was a formality and I really really did I, yeah. I knew that I was healed and I knew that I was uh, going to be taken care of and this was a rough patch you know that I had to go through yeah that's cool uh and when I think and I think about like a, you know again Michael's you know he, he tells story after story about you and and it's just really cool to hear your story of kind of like just persevering and like you've kind of mentioned that mentality of of just moving forward and and almost just blocking it out of your mind and i kind of want to relate it back to you know michael he, he led our middle school guys group for uh a number of years and then has he went on their recently on our high school men guys retreat and uh spoke there and uh just kind of giving them advice about being, you know, young men of faith or, and, and really like, I was just kind of wondering if you have any advice for, you know, we have a lot of students that, that listen to this and, uh, you know, we're in youth ministry. It's our, mm-hmm. it's our gig. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do. It's, uh, you know, it's something I've thought a lot about, particularly here at River Chase, you know, we've, we've got a, we're really blessed here with you guys. Uh, the The youth program here is outstanding, and it's not like this everywhere else. Uh, you know, there's other big churches that have active youth programs, but, you know, they don't have college kids coming back to spend Discovery Weekend. They don't have yeah. kids that are beyond college coming back to yeah. spend Discovery Weekend. I mean, you guys do a great great job and uh you know i think that's your job as is youth ministers and and really our job as a church is to support these kids when they leave you know right now it it's great they can come to uh to river chase and you've got a hundred kids here at any time and they have their friends are here whether they go to spain park or hoover or pelham you know, that's just a good thing because, hey, I've got friends at Pelham. I've got friends at Hoover. I've got, you know, you, you just spread out the right. the friendships and the contact points. So, and it's all a nurturing environment that it, it's uh, easy to be a Christian. It's easy to be here and yeah. and uh, and do what you're, uh, you should be doing. What I worry about is when they're at Auburn at a rush party next summer or they're at Alabama at a rush party next summer and they're on their own and, uh, you know, mom and dad are not there to tell them to go to bed on time or to eat right or go to church. Uh, You know, all of a sudden they've got to make decisions on their own. And, you know, and I think that's our challenge as a church is to give these these folks – you know, some uh, some handholds, if you will, some tools. How are you going to make decisions when you're out there in the world that is not so kind and loving and nurturing for you? Yeah. 
and and I I struggle with that. I don't. I'm not sure what what the answer is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it is a it is a major thing. I mean, yeah, I think we struggle with trying to know how to address it properly. Yeah. Because you can't. You can do all the all the sit downs you want to, but and prepare them but that that transition from going from being a senior in high school living under your parents roof getting uh fed three meals a day or two meals a day from from that place having you know all that stuff come with it to go into living on your own and having to be self-sufficient i've said before like you know my dad uh calls college to get all the uh freedoms of an adult with none of the responsibilities yeah yeah and yeah very much in the womb yeah, and there is something to that, and I think it is kind of uh, frightening. There's something that I like can't stop thinking about about your story from earlier, and it's that that moment where you said you felt like you could float if you wanted to, and you just felt the smile come across your face. And um, and in and, and talking about your favorite passage being that, and and that is such a yeah, I've experienced something similar to that before, and and it's such an incredible uh, feeling. So I guess like. My question is, is that something that you were, were you praying for that or did God, or do you feel like God just sort of in that moment knew that's what you needed? God, God stepped in. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I quit thinking about it or praying about it or researching about the Holy Spirit really because it disturbed me so much yeah. because I'd never, again, very active in church. I was very active campus life in high school, went to, I don't know how many youth conferences, you know, the emotional highs, all those things that come with that never felt anything that made me feel like, you know, uh, I've been touched, you know, until then. Uh, So it was, it was definitely God stepping in. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, you know, I, again, I wish I knew how to, you know, I seek that again and, and oh, I, yeah. I, you feel it from time to time, but I, I definitely, uh, know I have a companion with me all the time and, uh, and that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is nice. I mean, I think that, um, stories like that are important to be told in, in every forum. Um, I think that that is, that's something that we all desire is to feel that close to God when you have those moments you want to like hold on to them forever. And, yeah. um, that's and, incredible. And something I love Scott, I, I've said this, I may have said this on the podcast before, but Scott has, has said this before that, um, kind of in today's world too, we, we often say like, you know, you read stories out of the Bible and things like that. And it's like miracles like that, experiencing the Holy spirit, things like that just don't happen anymore. And, and I, I think it's important to, to realize like like and you you both have like experienced this like very personally that maybe we're not seeking out the way we should maybe we're not mm-hmm. we're not yeah. desiring yeah. And, and chasing after god and we're not looking for it because we're so distracted with the world that's going on around us yeah. and, and the things that we're in that those miracles are happening they're happening today they're happening in this world and they're happening in your life but you're not maybe seeing them yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, we I mentioned I did not want to see the scans of my uh, cancer. Yeah. Uh, well, after toward the end, I, I by accident uh, saw it. Uh, a different doctor. We were getting ready for radiation treatments, and she was thumbing through, trying to find the the spot that, to target. And oh, here's your first scan. And the the way the scans work is just a point of light you see the the silhouette of your body and you can you know discern different organs and things but there's a spot of light where every tumor was and i was lit up like a christmas tree i mean there was too many to count and uh but at that time i already knew i was gone and then you know here's your last one and it was completely black completely dark and so, uh, so yeah, they're they're definitely definitely I think, happening. I think that's, that's why that story to me is is such incredible evidence because you number one had the lupus diagnosed, then you go to the doctor and, and get this, and it's in its stage stage four, and there's tumors all over your body. You gotta sit there in front of the people that you love the most and tell them about mm-hmm. this. And really, at that point, um, up until this moment of peace that comes across you, you don't 
you don't know the outcome. You don't know like how this is going to go and, and treatment and all the other stuff. And, and so to kind of be in that moment, which uh, was had to be, should have been one of the most difficult conversations you've ever had to have in your life with your family. And to have that, to have a smile on your face because you felt a presence that was beyond yourself. To me, there is no other explanation on planet Earth that you can come up with except mm-hmm. for the fact that the Holy Spirit absolutely was absolutely was readily present upon you. And I, I think that I think that your son and t- tell, telling us sort of that. I mean, he talks about how like when you told him that there was a smile on your face and that it was kind of inexplicable and then that that turned into this moment where yeah you're telling telling jokes all night just spending right spending time with your family and i think that's and they were they were fantastic particularly this past uh the bone marrow transplant i mean this was much harder on Lynn and michael and dana and ashley than it was on me i mean i was going through it physically but uh they uh they had to watch it and uh you know uh, it, it they they were extremely strong and extremely supportive. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how well you know Lynn, my wife, but, you know, <laughs> okay, you can complain the rest of today, which is about an hour, but uh, oh, starting yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. uh, you have a different attitude. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how that comes out. Yeah, uh, we've, so, we've uh, always known that Miss Lynn was the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> the we knew that. She's in charge. Yeah, That's absolutely the uh, absolutely the case. Well, this That's has up. been... That was my note, in yeah. fact, to, to talk about the uh, uh, the tech stuff. Uh, I, I'm not a tech guy. I, I screwed up uh, a number of years ago when the work life changed, and I, uh, I was the... I had the, the, one of the bag phones. <laughs> the cell phones that came yeah. in the bag, I yeah, had yeah, one yeah. of those. Yeah. And then every new phone that came out, I had the new phone. So I was always, you know, caught up. Uh, but, but when the work life changed uh, and then the smartphones came out, I handed it off to Michael or Dana and said, I want these numbers in speed dial. And All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, here's how you do it. No, 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 no. I want to be able to push this button and have that call. That's So take care of it. Yeah. Well, that was convenient because they did it, but it was a disservice to me because <laughs> now I don't know how to do it. So I'm very much a novice again, having to learn because they're both just like, "Sorry, you're gonna have to figure this out yourself." <laughs> I think I think that is kind of a because my dad sort of uh, and my mom are sort of the same way with like iPhones, which you know we. I mean, I didn't grow up with the smartphone or anything, but yeah. like the it was natural. It, it was a natural like progression after a yeah. while. And so, like, you know, an iPhone is, like, the easiest smartphone on earth to use. Right. That's how Apple wants it to be. And they're still, like, I watch my dad play with it <laughs> and, like, just sit there and say, well, how do I do this? I'm like, oh, you just go, blah, 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 why is that? And it and you forget that I remember my dad's first cell phone that he ever, well, he had a car phone, obviously. Yeah. But I remember his first cell phone, it was a StarTac. And yeah. it was just like, yeah. oh, yeah. I had one of those. big brick that kind of flipped the yeah. little mouthpiece yeah. flipped open and it was enormous and the antenna came up like yeah. that so and then they got smaller and smaller they got yeah. smaller and smaller it's crazy it's crazy i had one in the car and i had a guy uh that would uh mount it in my car for me and he put it in i want to say six different cars because he uh when he installed it the first time he said don't ever get rid of this yeah because it was one of those that uh basically had five times the power and the reach that any of the other phones would have you know how they do away with them and you have to convert to oh, the new yeah. s- new system yeah so he's like don't ever get rid of this and uh, <laughs> and I, I finally had to but uh but yeah it was it was great yeah gosh car phones the good old days. That was the good old days gosh that was a lie Such but a even television thing. you know you're talking about uh hulu and showtime and all crazy. this you know you guys being single don't understand this, which, by the way, congratulations, Thank Scott, you so on your, much. Yeah. your <laughs> yeah. engagement. Yeah, big but deal. I'm, you know, we've been together almost 40 years. I'm not allowed to use the remote. So uh, all the stuff you guys talk about, I don't really, I can't really relate. To. Yeah, it's well, like it's like discovering water for the first time when you listen yeah. to the podcast. Like, whoo, that. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's wild to me too that like you know, like we're we're obviously 
you know, very different ages and grew up with very different backgrounds. But like you almost like single handedly have seen kind of the beginning of this technological boom uh, and you've seen it all the way through to where it is now. And like, I, I just, the difference in, and how exponential, like there was a point where it just hit and rampant and just, it is, it's, it's so fast and uh, it becomes a, an end in itself. I think a lot of times, but it's, it's, uh, you know, I think technology has taken off. I think character hasn't caught up yeah. with technology when, yeah. you know, so particularly back to what we were talking about, how can we help these students that here at the church you know that's you know back to the the you know basics of character and uh, integrity and those are the things that you know when you look at twitter it's uh, you know yeah Yeah. it's it's ridiculous and um you know that's anyway yeah to me the most like fascinating tech thing i just thought about this is you know back in it wasn't even that long ago We'll say in the in the nineties when, when I was like kind of feel like I'm I was born in the eighties but a child of the nineties. In order to do something like a broadcast like this, you'd have to go to a radio station and and, and go through kind of all that process. Go to a studio. We're sitting in an office right now, and we're going to record this thing and put it on these different things. And pretty much anywhere in the world except North Korea, probably anyone can listen to this. That's insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and um, I think what you just said about that the character hasn't caught up with the technology and our, our capacity to handle the technological advances hasn't, um, we haven't evolved enough uh, to get there, I think is the biggest challenge that we have yeah. with the uh, the upcoming generations, because it is, it's crazy. I mean, I had, a, I had a thought, and I'd like to get your opinion on this as a former scoutmaster. Um, my thought is we've kind of watched sort of the, um, you know, big party big band just huge experience kind of former christianity is not as effective as it used to be especially with younger people it's like i have this theory that the key to helping our students sort of rediscover who god is and having a personal relationship with god it's like pretty much borderline get them out in the woods (laughs) get them out in the woods kind of away from everything calm their minds calm their brains uh teach them to teach them how to pray maybe for the first time and kind of uh, move into sort of these smaller kind of outskirt environments, not in these big arenas with big lights. And I think there's, it's almost like we got to, we got to redo the circuit board a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's some value in that. And, uh, you know, extending the get out in the woods metaphor, uh, you know, that's one of the the benefits I think of, when we were in the Boy Scouts, is you had a small group of guys. You're out away from everywhere, so they didn't have to worry about people making fun of them because they're wearing a uniform. They didn't have to worry about impressing the girls. You know, slowly all these facades and barriers that we put up for ourselves, you know, whether you're middle school or my age, all of a sudden, you know, those start dropping away and you see the real person and they get to be their real person. And, uh, you know, that's when the breakthroughs happen, I think. Yeah, I think it is. It is a facade. And because if you look at Instagram, if I get on Instagram right now and scroll through and I'll see either people I know or people my fiance knows or whatever, and they're all like smiling and, oh, I'm in New York today or whatever. And you and what your perception of their life is is just a bunch of smiling faces in all these different areas, yeah. and that's that's what they're putting out there. So in in a way, they feel at that point like this is the persona that I have to keep. Yeah, is what people are seeing on social, and so you don't actually know what's actually going on underneath it. Yeah, because they're not they're not kind of letting that guard down and, and showing people what's what's real because yeah. that's not real. Yeah. Nobody on earth is happy 100% of the time. Nobody on earth doesn't go through pain. I, I read an article recently written by a guy. I think he was 17. He was in high school. And uh, about him uh, disengaging from all social media and what it was like. And I'd never given much thought to it. You hear about the problems, and I can look at it and say, yeah, that's ridiculous. But 
I can also say, yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm not doing it. Right. But he's first he talks about the pressures. Okay, I post a picture. If I don't have 250 likes, whatever number the high school he was in required, if I didn't have 250 likes by within an hour, I better take that off or yeah. I'm going to be bullied. Yeah. And just ridiculous pressures of how many friends he had to have, who, what friends you had to have, all these things. So he basically just shut everything off. And as you can imagine, it was traumatic for a week or so. But all of a sudden he saw, you know, realized he had five really good friends that stuck with him. Yeah. That were close friends that knew him, knew, cared about him. And yeah. all this other was just peripheral noise. Yeah. Yeah. And he was much more relaxed because he didn't have to worry about all those things. Didn't have to look on Facebook to decide what to wear today. Uh, you know, things like that was the, the, the thrust of the, uh, the article. And it was really eye-opening for me because, yeah. again, yeah. I didn't pay much attention to it because it, my it, age. Yeah. You know. it, it's cool to know, too, it, that – like God really has taken care of us. Like he, he gave us creation. He gave us like, he gave us this world and gave us everything we needed to be in it and, and, and make it through it and, and gave us people. And it's crazy. Almost this, the idea of this, like the technology we have now that it's, we've almost synthesized this fake world. We've created a fake world where we almost get to play God, where we get to put out the facade we want to put out. We get to make, you know, this whole, world that's allegedly you know is essentially just one ones and zeros yeah but but we've now created this whole new almost world this fantasy world that we get to live in and it's so unfulfilling and so yeah. unreal and so unnatural for us that yeah it doesn't fulfill anything it's completely it's completely fake i mean we had a we had a dad came up and talked to us i think it was either um sunday or wednesday and was telling us you know he took his his kid's cell phone got taken away because they did something that they they broke a rule took the cell phone away and they had have it taken away for a couple of weeks. So after about the first week, like the difference in in the kid's personality, as far as like how how they talked to the parents, how they treated them, coming coming down for dinner and sitting there and being pleasant, and wanting to have real conversations and all that stuff. It, it's just it's just crazy, and I think it's a it's a battle that um, it's a battle that has to be fought. And, um, you know, these are kind of things and sort of, to be honest with you, I think this is borderline why we, why this thing exists in some way is that we got to draw attention to some things that, uh, exist, but yeah, yeah, yeah this has been, this has been incredible. Yeah. This has uh, been great. Having you here today. And, um, and well, I, I do yeah. have a, a couple of points of advice, I guess. And yeah, this, yeah. Is, this comes yeah, from, you know, health issues, life philosophy, et cetera, uh, and that's this might help the kids it might be too early you know at, at my age the horizons uh looks a lot closer <laughs> than it used to uh you know so things like legacy uh are starting to pop into my mind and and am i leaving the kind of legacy that i want and if not why not uh, you know why am i living the kind of life that i had planned um you know, so purpose, and that's that's one of the takeaways that I got from the whole uh, uh, cancer experience. It really stems from survivor guilt. You know, I did really well, and what about this 21-year-old kid next to me yeah. that I spent, gosh, how many weeks sitting next to in yeah. infusion lab? He didn't make it. And the mom, and I mean, there's several others that... Uh, you know, did not do well and, and ultimately died. And I'm going, now, why, why me? You know, so obviously the, the easy answer is I've still got work to do here. God still has something for me to do. But what is that? Uh, and so that's kind of my search. Uh, and secondly, you know, that, that legacy thing, and, and I feel like I'm late for my legacy. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of tell young people, you know, start now living the way you want to be remembered. And um, otherwise, you will be late as well. Um, 
you know, and 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 how do you do that? Uh, you know, a couple of th- you 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 touched on positive attitude a lot. I I, I guess it's positive. Um, you know, one of the habit I, I developed when I was selling books door to door during college. I did that for like four summers. One of the habits I developed was no matter what happens, it's it's something bad happens. So whatever it is, I had this habit of. I've got to think of three reasons why this is good. Mm-hmm. Why is this a good thing? And it you have you struggle quite often in <laughs> coming up with three, but uh, you can do it, and it it, uh, it it helps a lot. Just put that event in perspective and remind you that it's not what happens; it's how you deal with what yeah. happens. And the other thing that I like to tell younger people is look around you, look around who you're spending time with. You're, I read this 30 years ago. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you look around, are you with the kind of person? And I remember very, very specifically growing up, some guys that I was hanging around with purely because they were in the neighborhood and that's who you played with. But I remember very vividly a moment in time when I decided I'm not going to be spending any time with these guys anymore. And, you know, ultimately I think of the three, one of them finished high school. I think it was, I think that was a GED. Uh, Pretty sure all three of them ended up in jail at one time or another. Uh, two of them definitely had serious drug problems before they were 16. Uh, so, you know, uh, who you spend time with, who you choose to be with, it, it affects you and, and your influence on others uh, is much more impactful than you think it is. Yeah. So that's, awesome. uh, that's kind of my... Uh, tidbits of life there and and the last thing is don't worry about being the unicorn be the the workhorse yeah there you go you know i I, it's all about uh you know work ethic is a big deal and sometimes you just got to do the work it's not about being the smartest or anything of that you just got to work so quit trying to be the individual the the superstar the unicorn be the workhorse that's awesome i like that well, uh, you, you, you apparently have. You said you have listened to every episode, so you know how we end this thing. We end with hot takes, and we, and we're gonna. I guess we go around the circle. Do you have any? any, any <laughs> I type do. Of it hot it takes was it was that? gonna be fall weather, but it's now winter weather. But uh, uh, my hot takes really a slam, and I'm sorry, Woody, but this is on you, man. <laughs> uh, calling people out. I love it. I, I'm sorry, Los Angeles, and you're gonna name a food truck as the best restaurant that's awesome i'm, I'm oh, sure man. they have good food but of all the places there's got to be <laughs> that's awesome. some better places i uh, lived out there there's enough everywhere to uh <laughs> woody looks like you got some homework brother yeah in fact true. i've got a good story for you woody so. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome scott uh mine this is gonna sting for for most people including my including west my coast here snapchat's terrible we should all delete it and this is why. You get absolutely nothing out of this. And uh, just real quick aside here, this is, a, this is an extended I'm with you on this. Thank just you. So, yeah, I'm with um, you. All you're doing is sending a picture of yourself or of something else to, to other people. Your life revolves around trying to keep streaks, trying to get hearts, and trying to get all these other things that are completely shallow and do not matter. When you're taking a picture of yourself doing... <laughs> Making a Snapchat, I want, what I want you to do right now as you're listening to this is look around at all your friends and watch them participate in the Snapchat experience. I want you to look at them, think about how weird it looks, and know that that's you too. And that none of these things actually matter. And that if you would actually pick up your phone and call the person, have an actual conversation with them, that would lead to a true uh, relationship. I don't understand Snapchat. I think it's a huge waste of everyone's time, and none of it matters. You're sending a picture of yourself. You you, you understand it. It's called narcissism. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Scott. I, I kind of agree with that too, because a lot of the times when you watch people, they're not sending like texts or anything. They're sending just a photo, picture of, of their face, and it'll be back and forth. And sometimes people just like put the corner, like just their eye. Yeah. Or, 
And what are like, you doing? I'm guilty of I've, I've used it. I used it for a while, like when I liked a girl or whatever, and of it was course. like Snapchatting, or you have to. Yeah. But but after I mean after after that, like I realized I started using it less because we weren't saying anything. So I was like, I'm I'm not gonna send just. Yeah. I'm not gonna keep just sending you a photo. Good thing you stopped like, liking girls. Then. Yeah, that's, that's true. Why, yeah. yeah, thank God. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, it's a good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, I think she does. <laughs> oh, she's, all right. she's gonna be very happy. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess my hot take is I, and this may have happened. I think, I think Halloween. Halloween was yesterday. I think Halloween might be an overrated holiday. Oh, and and for this, it, don't say that to Miss Lynn. Yeah, I mean it's like <laughs> yeah. I, I understand like we want to have a party and stuff, but l- sure. like let's just have a party, you know? Like people, there's tons of Halloween parties, but then you get into this thing. It's like, all right, is it going to be a costume party? And then it's yeah, are people like, all right, so are people actually dressing up for this? Are they going all in, or are we just showing up, you know, with with cat ears on or yeah. whatever? Am I showing up with a a vest or whatever? Like, and so you got to then you got to gauge. It's like yeah, h- how hard do I need to go for this party? And you end up maybe spending a lot of time and money in a costume you're going to wear for an hour. Yeah, well, see, this is you got to start. You'll never think Halloween's overrated if you approach it like I do every holiday. Okay. See, I mean, last night we went to this party. You dressed up like Han Solo. I know. I wore my Sherpa jacket and pants <laughs> and, and rolled in, stayed for about 45 minutes until I'd had enough and walked on out without <laughs> saying goodbye to anyone. <laughs> and at that point, I was not disappointed with Halloween at all. Yeah, you you, yeah, you got to be... That's good. Think about... Expectations. Yeah, be the workhorse, not the right. unicorn. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, you're all right. right. Well, I've got to... Uh, I'm feeling guilty now for slamming Woody, so I've got to at least, <laughs> Don't got feel at least make, he, he make some recommendations. Uh, uh, Maselli's, it's near Hollywood. It's a pizza place. They sing. The waiters and waitresses sing show tunes to you. Wow, that's a lot of fun. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, that. Another one, and it's probably not there because this quick story. Do we have time for a quick story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have yeah. real quick. This yeah. place, I had, I was national sales training manager out there. So I, I trained 150 sales reps. And we would have, particularly the new hires or college kids would come out and they'd spend two weeks in Los Angeles. So there'd be some entertaining and such. And and we would go play L.A., as we called it, at least once and go downtown and and do. Well, I was relatively new there. So we go to a place called Marrakesh. They have authentic Moroccan food. Mm. You sit on pillows. you, You eat with your fingers. They had belly dancers that actually came out and uh, danced. In fact, two of the girls in our group got up and had a little clinic there. They they <laughs> tried. To, they learned how to do it. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing about this, the uh, uh, I reported two vi- to vi- two vice presidents. So one of the VPs was with us, and then a, a sales manager. And I was watching them the whole time, and they were so uncomfortable oh yeah <laughs> they would not could not get comfortable sitting on the floor eating without utensils and he kept giving me these looks and and then he didn't talk to me for about a month and i'm going oh my god i'm gonna get fired for a restaurant pick this is ridiculous and it, it turns out he didn't talk to me again for gosh six months oh wow out of the blue maybe a year later i get a phone call from a guy who's in our international division. He's, you, you guys would call him a player. Uh, <laughs> but he called and says, uh, he says, I need to know where to take some people out to eat. Uh, hey, man, I'm, I'm from Alabama. Why are you calling me? And uh, he says, well, Gary says you're, you're like the, the guru, the, the magic fixer for restaurants. <laughs> And Gary's the vice president. And I'm going, you know, how did this happen? I, I'm, I'm going from getting fired to now I'm the fixer. You're the czar. Yeah, yeah, I'm the czar. The czar. Exactly. Man. So, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, so, so Woody, go for the event yeah. as mm. opposed to just the quality of food. I'm sure your food truck has really good food. Yeah, yeah Woody, get but cultured. Go for uh, the on. event. And, yeah. and you also get a pass, by the way, for being a student. Uh, yeah. We're assuming you're low on funds. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and you've only been there like a year. Yeah, you're not like true, an yeah. L.A. Native. And you do get an honorable yeah. mention for In-N-Out Burger, so I'll, I will true. give yeah, you that. That's, that's true. awesome. Well, we're, we're going to close with this. I got a uh, – hey, 
Les told us before I stay out of politics, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question, then you're gonna immediately shut it off. All right, <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah, all right. First of all, guys, we love you. We thank you for listening. Uh, hope you join us next episode. Les, thank you for being here. Uh, final question: uh, Girls and Boy Scouts. Hot take. Thought. <laughs> all right, Wes, turn it off. Turn it <laughs> right. off. Turn right, off. This has been in the office with Scott and Wes. We will talk turn it off. to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>